I'm going to say hello in three, two, one. Oh, no, I'm not going to clap. Oh, that. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we can never get this right. Um, I know. I'm going to do a hello in three, two, one. <clears throat> three, two, one. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant music album and break it down track by track. And it feels like an elephant shaking his big grey trunk for the hell of it. And on the turntable this week, we've got Currents by Tame Impala. So something different this week, Dan. We've had a very poppy time of it recently. Uh, So this is going to be a different sound for us this week. Definitely. And I think Tame Impala, they've been on the long list for a while and we've been kind of just moving them around, not putting them in there. But there's a very tenuous link and it's not actually that tenuous. And we thought we really do need to talk about them because there are just some there's some wonderful sounds we've created all together. But on this album particularly, it's probably the most track by trackable album. You're right. This is, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, um, but... Uh... Tame Impala are a Australian uh, uh, act uh, music project, um, which is the brainchild from uh, or of Kevin Parker. Mm. Dan, what can you tell us about Kevin Parker? Well, there's no relation to that nosy Parker of mine. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so Kevin Parker, of course, he is Tame Impala, but he's also a member of the band Pond. He's also worked with acts like Melody's Echo Chamber, doing a lot of her debut album. Uh, And he's done some work with the likes of Lady Gaga on the Perfect Illusion single and on Mark Ronson's um, The Uptown Funk album. He did the Daffodils song and I think a couple of others as well. So many fingers in many pies, but Tame Impala is very much the uh, forefront of his musical outgoings. Yes, and although we're talking about an older album today, there are there's much more work uh, that has come on since, including this year, The Slow Rush. And I have to admit, well, I've not really, as, as we mentioned many times before in the podcast, not a big fan of music. I've not listened to the new album yet, but I really should uh, give that a spin. There's, a, there's just too much music out there, and um, I'm not going to complain about that because I love... <laughs> I mean, one of the things I love the most is kind of making the new music discoveries um, and when people share things with us either sliding into our dms or uh, replying to stuff on uh, social media it's always great to discover someone new and it's great that sometimes and this is great for everyone that's listening it has it does impact what we talk about and uh, what we add onto the long list and when we're talking about new music some of the things we talk about there as well and just talking about new music, well, is there a, a handy regular compendium that if someone is interested in new music that they could subscribe to? Yes, Dan, you're quite right. We have Track by Track's New Music Drop every Saturday, uh, which is our pick of uh, great new music that we think you'll love, that we love, uh, but also recommendations from uh, from all of you out there and from artists themselves. And do keep them coming, please. Yes, please do. Uh, so the tenuous link for this week will which isn't that tenuous at all on the 17th just a couple of days ago this album turned five which feels very weird because of course you said that the new album came out earlier this year but to me this still feels like quite a new album 
Uh, well, it will do if you haven't actually listened to the new album, because in your mind, it still is it's the most recent album. <laughs> You're quite right. So Tame Pilot originally came about in 2007. So actually, been going quite some time, Dan. Yes. Um, and when did you first hear about Tame Impala? It was probably uh, a couple of weeks ago when you uh, <laughs> confirmed we were going to be talking about them on the podcast this week. <laughs> you, you joke, Charlie. You mean you've, you've, you heard of it? Of course. Although I will, I will openly admit, and I think we both, we're both very transparent about when this is the case, but I'm probably not as into uh, the music uh, and knowledgeable about it as you are. So uh, it's going to be great to hear some of your uh, analysis uh, and pop, pop, pop facts. <laughs> um, uh, and I uh, have probably got a few smutty innuendos to throw in uh, uh, and my uh, jabberings as well. And don't worry, because I've got some smut of my own as well. So there'll be plenty of that. Well, it just, it just comes out of you very naturally, doesn't it? Without much forcing. Let's oh, uh, just a FYI, Dan. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about the album artwork this week. Oh yes, I thought you might like this one. It's very, it's quite you actually. I see this image, and I think of you. And we'll talk more about really? that later. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it looks like someone's dropped a ball. Right. Anyway, let's get stuck in to side one, track one, uh, and let's make it happen with Let It Happen. So that was Let It Happen There. And Dan, again, I'm going to be really honest with you mm-hmm. uh, and reveal something here. Uh, up until listening to this album for today's episode, that was the only track I was familiar with. Well, that's that's uh, that's absolutely fine, isn't it, Will? Because you, you said right at the start, but there are times when we bring an album to the table for track by track and we both absolutely love and adore it. Uh, and there were times when it's one that I'd never heard before. Thinking about Annie, I'd never listened to that album. Um, of course, the classic Rachel Stevens. Uh, and, we, and we did it the other way around with... What did I bring to the table? I don't bring anything to the table, do I? No, <laughs> you definitely don't. Uh, but anyway, Let It Happen. Um, I really love this. And this is a long, a very long length. Mm which you and I have been quite open about saying that we do enjoy. I think the the timings for the tracks on this album are all over the shop. And I think such is the experimental kind of free-flowing nature of uh, this record that I think that really suits the artist and the the style. But this is 7 minutes 48. Ooh. I mean, round up to 8 minutes, wouldn't you? Well, you would. If you're an optimist or a pessimist. Almost as long as a Trouser Enthusiast remix. <laughs> now, imagine a Trousers Enthusiast. Trouser Enthusiast? Trouser Enthusiast. Imagine one of their remixes of this. It'd be fantastic. I'd be, be a bit more interested then. <laughs> it's funny you say about the times, though, because I definitely remember when I first saw this album on, and I probably saw it on 
Apple Music or whatever rather than uh, on, on a CD. I remember seeing the timings and, and noticing that there was eight minutes and then there was two minutes and then there was four minutes. It was definitely not just your standard four minute, four minute, four minute for 10 or 12 tracks. Uh, but Dan, what do you think of this opening track? I, I absolutely love this. I think it might be my favourite Tame Impala song ever. It's just so... You know, the first few albums were very... Still had uh, elements of electronics in there, but very much a psychedelic thing. And, and psychedelic is going to be a word that you hear a lot in this episode, by the way. Um, but this feels much more, much more electronic, much more about the loops and the samples... Uh, and the kind of quite repetitive beat that doesn't repetitive, but it doesn't annoy. Um, and what I love about it is that you, we said before it's nearly eight minutes in length, but after four minutes, it kind of just changes a little bit and it whirs around, and then those strings come in, and you think maybe it's coming to an end, and then it just picks up again. So I think it's, as an as a album, album opener, it really it does da, 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 set out the stall for what's to come. <laughs> But at the same time, it doesn't sound like there is another track on the album that sounds anything like this. Yeah, quite. Yeah, quite right. Do you think it's the most accessible, kind of with a broader pop appeal track on the album? Yeah. Oh, this or maybe one other, which I won't reveal which later. But there's one that's a very different sound to I think anything that Kevin's done before. Kevin, like as a friend. Kev. Yeah. Our Kev. <laughs> KP, like the nuts. Married to Bev. Oh, Kevin Bev and little Trev, their kid. <laughs> Who would call a child Trevor? Uh, well, lots of people. Be a great name for a dog. I thought you were going to say for a Pet Shop Boys song. <laughs> Trevor. Oh, my God. I think I've just realised there's, there's a song coming up later that references a man's name in the title. I think it might be Trevor. Let's, let's uh, wait and see for that one. Uh, interestingly, although this was the first track from the album, uh, the first single, it was first shared uh, on Facebook, on his Facebook page as New Song One. And after that, it was given away as a free download from the website. Generous man. Mm, absolutely. Um, my, one of my favourite parts of this, Will, which I think you'll enjoy as well, are the parts, and it's purposefully done this way, to make it sound like a CD skipping. I do like those kind of audio trickery Mm. Uh, to the that's kind of laid into tracks just to give it a bit more of an edge uh, to make it just not a straightforward pop record. Not going for a pop record? No, <laughs> I'd stop myself from doing that then. <laughs> uh, and before we move on from this one, just uh, a word on the lyric or the message of the album. So Let It Happen is, of course, this idea that, um, you know, you shouldn't shut things out. You should try new things and let them happen. Which you do like to try new things, don't you, Will? I do. Just yesterday, for the first time, I tried uh, Pepsi Max with ginger in it. Ooh, and what did you think? I liked it. Uh, it had a quite a bit of a spicy kick to it, but not too overpowering. So, uh, so yeah, that was the new thing I tried yesterday. Have you thought about doing a pop drinks podcast? Called Top of the Pops. <laughs> <laughs> or Sip by Sip. <laughs> I, of course, don't like to try new things, so I, I have the same meal every night of the week. Kiev's on a Wednesday and roast on a Sunday, and I go to the same place on holiday every year. Uh, where, where do you go on holiday every year? At Magalov. 
<laughs> Two, please. <laughs> lads, lads, lads. <laughs> so moving on to track two now, uh, and in a change from what we normally do, there are a few uh, very short moments on this album that we are just going to layer underneath as we talk. So track two is called Nangs, and you can hear that playing beneath us. Yes, and Nangs are are a term for those little canisters full of NOS that we spoke about a few weeks ago, Will. Um, and the track is meant to recreate that feeling. Does it do it for you? Well, it does give you an attack of the Nangs, doesn't it? Yes, quite. Just that repetition of what if there's something more than that uh, and lovely, uh, quite spacey synths in that one. Uh, I once got kicked in the Nangs. Oh, honestly. Oh, God. Pain. There, it's, it's said a lot, but there's nothing like it. And I mean right. that in a good way. I have to pay people quite a lot to do that to me. Oh, you should have said. <laughs> I'd happily done it for free. Oh, as long as you wear the gear. <laughs> what, what's the gear? Uh, PVC. Not a French maid. <laughs> Carry walking around with a fluffy duster. <laughs> well, you have been practicing your French as well, so it'd be very authentic. I wonder if Tame Impala would listen to this and just wonder what the hell are they talking about when they're supposed to be talking about my album? When are they going to talk about the music? We don't do that on track by track. No, God, we're very... Yeah. So let's move into track number three now, uh, which we're back to a full length. Uh, And this is The Moment. moment that is actually yeah i love that one i love how after the opening banger of let it happen and then the more mesmerizing nangs goes back into fantastic real great percussive beat on this one the synths i love that they're so simple and kind of just chimey but as with a lot of kevin's work it kind of he layers things up really well and makes this kind of really atmospheric sound uh, I think it's one of my favourite tracks on the album, actually. I, I love the synths in that. Are uh, I think you'd probably call them jangly, uh, if you, for want of a better word. Um, but again, it's probably one of the more accessible, poppier tracks. We'd normally reserve the word jangly for when we're talking about Johnny Marr, actually. But I will let it happen. <laughs> to, to, to quote a, a wise man on this one. <laughs> um. So lyrically, this one is similar to... Uh, oh, let, sorry. Let me just go back a minute there. Lyrically. Lyrically. God, silly me. Uh, similar <laughs> to Let It Happen uh, with words like, in the end, it's coming. There's nothing left to do. Um, and I was looking at a website, one of the lyric websites to just go through these lyrics. Because I did realize as much as I love this album, it isn't one that I sing along to. So I didn't really know the words too well. And one of the people talking about the lyrics in this one likened it to an old friend of the podcast, Will, and a friend of yours, Mr. Alan Bennett. Really? Yes. Uh, are you going to do the 
come come along, mother. Oh, <laughs> and actually, it's worth mentioning that I haven't watched any of them yet, but there's a new series of um, Alan Bennett's Talking Heads, his famous award-winning monologues, uh, where uh, some more contemporary actors have re-recorded um, the original ones, but he's also written some new ones for them as well. And they're BBC One, uh, they're on BBC One prime time slot, and I think they were recorded and put out really quickly. Uh, and because it was all done in COVID, they used some existing TV sets that were still standing um, to be able to do do it really quickly. So if you look really carefully, you'll notice these talking heads are in uh, like the kitchen of the Queen Vic. Uh, Dot living room and all the EastEnders sets. I, I remember seeing the advert for it and seeing it was this Alan Bennett thing and, and kind of it pricked my ears up. Though I've never I've never seen his Talking Heads thing, but I did think, hang on, is that Sharon Mitchell's living room? Uh, <laughs> so for that reason alone, I shall have to catch because it was a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? I'll have to catch up on that. Well, and Dan, of course, when EastEnders does come back, uh, Sharon's going to have a very different living room. Mm. More on that on our TV podcast. Flick by flick. <laughs> oh, that's our um, that's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> so what Alan said, which was like into this, was sometimes there is no next time, no timeouts, no second chances. Sometimes it's now or never. It's now or never indeed, Dan. As uh, Elvis said, I think Elvis is not on the long list. Will is he going to go on there? The King of Pop. Well, I I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Me neither. Let's leave him off. Also, no, actually, he's the King of Rock and Roll, isn't he? Michael Jackson is the King of Pop. Uh, is, is he still the king of pop? Uh, let's take that offline. With this song as well, a little bit like I mentioned on Let It Happen, I love how towards the end, just kind of the distortedness effects kind of creep in and then take over the song. It's a technique that Kevin uses a lot. I wonder if he'd mind me calling him Kevin or whether he'd rather I say it's a technique that Tame and Parley use a lot. I'm going to go with Kevin. Um, but a very effective one. I think one that uh, fans of his will be all over. Track number four now, and Dan, this is what I said to you. Uh, we went to the swimming baths recently, uh, and I was ready to leave. And I said, Dan, are you uh, are you coming? Yes, I'm changing. <laughs> Yes, I'm changing. Yeah, you were quite ratty that day, actually. Was you were you okay? I was just very... I was hangry. Oh, you do get hangry. And you get tangry as well, don't you? What's tangry? Uh, tired and angry. Yeah. Hangry and tangry. Hmm. All at the same time. Thangry. Uh, so that was uh, beautiful, actually. And that's one of the first... When I was listening to this album, that was one of the first times I thought... What an incredible voice he's got. Yeah, definitely agree. And he, of course, throughout this album, he puts lots of effects on his voice. There's lots of echoing. There's lots of distortion. But on this one, I think you really do just take a minute to listen. And, and it's the falsetto is just fantastic, isn't it? It's a stunning falsetto. Uh, but also, I just love the whole vibe of this. The sort of dreamy synths. Um, 
And Dan, I'm pretty sure you've got a very specific uh, callback to this sound. Um, well, I, I mean, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying when this played, for some reason, it reminds me, well, I'm sure not for, for any reason, because it, it, it borrows sounds from these kind of things, but really makes me think of a sort of 80s film, the coming towards the end of the film, the maybe the prom or something like that, or just a slow dance between the characters, the mirror balls going, maybe something like it, it could happen at the end of Stranger Things or it could be an 80s film. Um, but I, I just think, like you said, it's a stunning, stunning atmospheric sound. And I love how much you love it as well, Will, because obviously it is one of the few ballads on the album. Uh, and we had this quite recently, actually, where one of the ballads was one of the standout. Oh, Justin Timberlake a couple of weeks ago, where the ballad was mm. actually the standout for you. Well, you know, a leopard can change his spots. Well, yes, you are changing, maybe. Well, no, and also I think I'm very open to... I've not closed-minded, contrary to what you what you think, Dan. Well, not musically, um, anyway. Musically? <laughs> no, well... <laughs> uh, and I'd love all music, so long as it's good. Exactly. It's all about the quality, not the quantity. But then don't infer, don't, don't go writing in and inferring that if I don't like something, it's because I then think it's shit because it's different for everyone. Mm. So on the making of this song, Kevin told Enemy that this was a weird experience because it was like someone else made the song and he's got no memory of actually it coming together. I think it was a bit of a stream of consciousness, the lyrics on this. And it's actually worth pointing out that a lot of the lyrics on this album a lot of the themes it's very much a heartbreak album and again because i'd listened to this album i'd loved the sounds i'd seen it live and really really enjoyed it and danced and swayed it was only in the research that i realized how emotional and how raw some of the lyrics are it really really choked me up actually will oh dan babes actually can we just take a quick break from the recording yes join us again after these messages for more track by track there's a magical place, we're on our way there With toys in the millions, all under one roof It's called Toys of Us Soon after bedtime when I like to chew it, chew it I like to chew it I like to chew it, chew it I like They're gonna taste great They're gonna taste great I can hear the sound of And these are not just sprouts these are magic sprouts, each one hand-picked and kissed by tiny Irish leprechauns. And this is not just soup. This is soup made by the Umpa Lumpers out of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. This is a nice, civilised evening. Give us a kiss, toodle pip. Alan Bennett's award-winning monologues, Talking Heads, on BBC One and iPlayer. Welcome back to Track by Track, uh, and we are talking today about Tame Impala uh, and the album Currents. So we're moving on now to talk about track number five, which is Eventually. But I know I know you will too. Said I know that I'll be happier. And I know you will too. 
so that was eventually this was uh one of the singles released in the album it was the third single uh from the album and i have to say although it's not the done thing i know dan you don't like it when i do this but the single artwork for this is absolutely glorious it's a really brilliant piece of design it's a bit psychedelic which kind of fits the kind of dreamy slightly psychedelic feel of this track um but it's really nice i'm sure we will use it on the socials uh, in the promotion of this episode because we often do with the single artwork as well don't we absolutely and in this case it is most definitely a track by track guarantee i have to keep reminding myself well with every song on here that one man wrote and produced and recorded all the instruments and did all the vocals and everything like that for this whole album it just blows my mind we had it a few weeks ago with calvin harris but you know i'd be if you told me that a five-piece band and an additional producer did this i'd be impressed but one person doing it all is just mind-blowing I've, i have no concept about how long it takes to do to create really kind of multi-layered music i'd love to uh, maybe we just need to talk to some of the artists that we talk about and that we speak to about this more often. Uh, but we get carried away in other things. But just the whole process from writing to recording to producing, what? how does that time vary hmm. track by track? Do let us know, musicians, at Track by Track UK. This song, again, is clearly another breakup track. Uh, and another one that's kind of really simple but really effective. Just the chorus is literally just the word eventually eventually repeated <laughs> uh, but absolutely no complaints on that there's you know you don't want to over egg the pudding that, that does the job will have you ever over egg the pudding uh no but i did want uh overcook a souffle oh it sunk uh, and i did put all my eggs in one basket once as well on an easter egg hunt uh, pardon uh, Easter egg hunt. I should really enunciate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they all they all got cracked, and was just a, a shelly, soggy mush. Oh, like the souffle. So Kevin said that this song was about knowing that you're about to damage someone else almost irreparably, and the only consolation you get is the distant hope they'll be all right eventually, because you know. They aren't going to be now or soon. That's really heavy, isn't it? Mm. And I think you know, we, we haven't all been there, but it's a situation that a lot of people would have found themselves in. And it is, you know, it's a horrible situation. And I did read, Will, that he got the idea for this. And it's and he's one of these geniuses where the song just comes to him or the lyrics or part of, of the song comes to him when he's out and about. He was on the back of a friend's scooter and he started getting the idea for the for the chorus in his head. Um have you have you two questions for you will have you been on the back of a scooter and did you have a great idea on there i have been on the back of a scooter i didn't like it it was a very bumpy affair it felt like i was gonna be pulled off the back oh look at you (laughs) (laughs) what would would the driver have reached around i'm not quite sure how that would have worked Oh dear. Um, but no, I think I was just trying to hold on for dear life uh, more than having time to think of any ideas. Uh, and, and talking of Scooter Will, are we going to put them on the long list? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd rather we didn't. <laughs> uh, 
moving on now to track six, uh, Gossip, which you can hear, it's just a very, very short one, playing underneath, which Dan, I'd say was more of an atmosphere than, a, than an actual all-out all track. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Will. And similar to what you said before about we don't really know how these artists and these musicians like build these sounds and these elements, but I imagine that this is something that Kevin came up with and didn't fit into a song, but he just thought it was a really nice sound and it was a nice little bridge between the songs. Uh, and we've heard it before, haven't we? We said before with Calvin Harris, he did similar things and with Moby. And I do really like it. I do like that idea of an album doesn't just have to be 12 four-minute songs. You know, it's all about um, creating a mood, creating a scene and mm. and these little moments in there as well. Well, yeah, whether it's interludes or a reprise or um, and just the way it's sequenced and the way the tracks are sequenced as well. And also, Will, you do love a gossip, don't you? Well, you do as well. In fact, it's one of the things that probably brought us together originally was just... Uh, gossiping like a couple of fishwives there's so much gossiping that happens in these recordings we have to cut out because uh you know otherwise it ends up being like a a heat magazine podcast oh flick by flick no we've done that one and it didn't work out very well so moving on now to the next track proper this is track seven the less i know the better was the less i know the better and we mentioned before trevor and this is the song where he features or a character called trevor features and i just love the opening lyrics to this song someone said they left together i ran out the door to get her she was holding hands with trevor not the greatest feeling ever said pull yourself together you should try your luck with heather then i heard they slept together oh the less i know the better it sounds like um (laughs) some sort of limerick or something like that Although I know I know how lyric, limericks work and it wouldn't work like that, but you know what I mean—that kind of humorous style. There was a young woman from Venus who had the most remarkable. Go on. So sewing skills. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favourites on the album, and I think it's the kind of it's a very kind of lo-fi funk, almost slightly disco number, uh, which is probably what's tickling me uh, <laughs> very delicately uh, to 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 make me like it. I did wonder why he was giggling while it was playing. It was uh, quite harrowing, actually, to watch. <laughs> uh, and on this track, uh, Kevin Parker said uh, it was inspired by his love of a disco sound, but didn't really know whether it should go or would fit on a Tame Impala album. Not because it's particularly poppy or cheesy, but more because it's so different, um, really, to, to, to the other stuff that he does. This was also uh, a single. It was the fourth uh, and final single released from the album. And again, some brilliant artwork with a lovely uh, purple fish, starfish. No, purple star. (laughs) Was it a fish or not? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one, I have to say, is fantastic live. 
And I have been lucky enough to see Tim and Pardo a few times at festivals and uh, different gigs. It's always just an absolutely mesmerizing show because of that that whole psychedelic thing they do. Of course, it's hinted at on this album, but it's even more present on the previous albums. And the visuals are often really sort of uh, hypnotic. Uh, and you've got Kevin there backed by a band, but his his vocals really, you know, very similar to how they are on record, very distorted, very echoed. And it is, it's it's like no other act that I've seen before, actually. It's just really is a, you, you know, you sway along, you have a bit of a dance, but it really does just draw you in and you just want to watch what's going on. Well, uh, I would, after listening to this album, I'd be keen to hear them uh, performing live when we can eventually get back to a music festival or to a gig. Track number eight now, and this is Past Life. I was leaving. I was getting in my car, and I went to adjust the rearview mirror. But in its reflection, just for a second, I saw a figure. Started to trigger. Memories flooded back. Stopped me in my track. Who was that? It was my lover. A lover. From a past life. So that was track eight, Past Life. Dan, over to you. Well, of course, the thing that really stands out about this one is the vocal. It begins with that really overly distorted, uh, low droning vocal. And it is still Kevin Parker there, but he's obviously put so many effects on this one. And it, I think it throws you a little bit, but it's... Um, it's almost that kind of voice of, you know, when you see someone on TV, um, probably a crime program or something like that, and they want to remain anonymous. It really does remind me of that. Really? Hmm. You've had to do a couple of those yourself, haven't you? Yes, just as a, just as a dummy, as someone uh, like a, one of those police lineups. Oh, yeah. And weren't you the standing actor when they, uh, but they just filmed the back of your head, as they do, often do on those shots? Well, they did. They did actually. I did actually get picked out of the lineup, even though I hadn't actually oh. committed the crime. But apparently, you can still get arrested. Oh, and what was the uh, sentence? Uh, sixty hours community service. Oh, well, orange does look good on you. <laughs> so this song, right from the off, has some fantastic synth work in it. In fact, I think you gave me a little ooh as it started, just a few seconds in. Yeah, I was cooing and ooing at the beginning of this. Uh, but then also at the end, you have that phone ring and then someone goes, hello? I, I love that phone bit at the end. Uh, it's just such a tiny little detail that I just knew you'd love as well. It's just, that's we love the details, don't we? Uh, also, I was just thinking about, um, what's your favourite song which has somebody on the phone? Um, Spice Girls Naked. In fact, I don't know if she's on the phone, but it definitely sounds like there's that phone sound to the voice. How about you? Uh, well, two spring to mind. So first of all, uh, Let's Have a Kiki by Scissor Sisters. Oh, yeah. Which I've, uh, said, so... I've said before, and I'll say it again, as much as I absolutely love the Scissor Sisters, it's, I'm not a big fan of that song. Really? Bit too, bit too much for you, is it? Mm, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Uh, also, there is a remix, there's a Trouser Enthusiast remix of a Danny Minogue song, which actually starts off with an antiphone message that Danny left on Ian Masterson's antiphone machine. And Ian, if you're listening, 
Uh, I can't for the life of me remember which one it is. So please do uh, share that. At Track by Track UK, he knows. He's a follower. Uh, he's been, uh, yeah, very supportive. So this one, in terms of the uh, content of this one, there's a theory that this is the kind of the narrator of the album, the person who we've been hearing from throughout. Uh, and so far through the album, he's been um, sort of leaving behind this old relationship and his past self and his past life. Uh, and now it's him trying to move on, but not so successfully, sadly. Oh. So I think it does it gets you in the feels, this one, doesn't it? It gets you in the nangs. Mm. In fact, there's a lot of emotion running through this. And I think it's not just in his incredible vocals, but just in the mood and the atmosphere that, that he's created. Definitely. Right. Track number nine now. Disciples. So that was Disciples. We actually had a little debate, didn't we, before uh, recording, whether we should include that or whether that should be one of the kind of underlying tracks because it's a bit of a shorter one. I think it's good to keep it in, actually, Dan, because, uh, first of all, it's nearly two minutes, so it's uh, not shy of uh, standard length, but also it's a great track. It is a great track. I really like this one. And this one, a lot of people felt, myself included, this was a little bit like some of those older Tame Impala songs where it really was focused on the like psychedelic um quite sweet sounding almost 60s influence songs i'd almost say it sounds a bit like brown sugar not as a song called brown sugar but just as a kind of kind of huskily sweet uh almost kind of jaggedly sweet um so i'm confused now you said not the song but then you said jagged do you mean mick jagger the, the song brown sugar by rolling stones or no, no, no. It's just my choice of words. Oh, and what wonderful <laughs> words they are, Will. Thank you very much. Thank you for the words. Uh, I The reason I like this is because um, the first half, it's quite fuzzy and muffled, like you've just got out of a swimming pool. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of crisp, it comes crystal clear halfway through. Yes. I, I just wish, I do wish it would, would go on a bit longer. And I do wonder, because it kind of just fades out just when you're getting into it almost. I do wonder if one day we might get Disciples Part 2. And I wonder if we'll get up to 12. What, that? 12 disciples. Oh, that would be absolutely... Can you name them all? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Uh, Peter. Uh, he's right at the end, I think, normally. Uh, creeps in, yeah. yeah. Dan. Dan. <laughs> Bernard. Uh, you're, doing, you're doing guess who now, I think. <laughs> Has he got a hat? <laughs> Has he got a moustache? Um, uh, no, I can't remember the 12 disciples. Um, um, not really. Kevin, is he one of them? Kevin, uh, Barry. Do you know what, listeners? If you do know them off the top of your head, no researching, no cheating, do let us know at Track by Track UK. You do like watching Songs of Praise. On a, oh, no, it's Country File, isn't it? Sorry. Country File followed by Antiques Roadshow is my favourite night in of the week. Anyway, track number 10 now. And Dan, this is what you say to end any argument you have with a woman. (laughs) 
Cause I'm a man. That was Cos I'm a Man. Uh, and just to clarify, we are absolutely not in no way sexist. Or that should be Dan is not sexist. No, I'm not. You, you're quite an old fashioned gentleman, aren't you? I say gentleman, quite an old fashioned man. <laughs> and gentleman, thank you very much. Well, remains to be seen. So this track was a single. Uh, and it. Uh, and it was released. We'll just say that, uh, but it's not about it's not about chart positions, uh, thank goodness. And the single artwork for this uh, actually looks like a pair of testicles. Oh God! Oh, because I'm a man. Maybe that was the maybe that was the intention. Or maybe I'm just reading t- far too much into things, as per usual. You do look out for testicles anywhere you go, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, Dan, what do you think of this track? I really, really like it. I love how chilled it is i love the um there's something quite twinkly almost about some of the synth work on here and i do like the fact that this as you said it was a single it was the second single and i love how much of a juxtaposition it was between let it happen that huge banger and then this as a a sort of a ballad moment for the second single and there was a bit of controversy because this track was interpreted as sexist when it was released and he was very clear to say it was intended as tongue-in-cheek and that he said he was disappointed the song was interpreted in such a way yes i also read that he intended for the interpretation to be because i'm a man as in because i'm a human um oh yeah we are all uh, men of god uh, or... well no i'm not i just i just couldn't name the disciples yeah well you yeah not anymore did you go to church as a child uh, I was christened, yeah, um, but I don't live my life as a uh, person of the cloth. <laughs> That's uh, yes, I didn't think so. Um, so this one, the vocal, I really like the vocal on this one because again, it's that kind of whole heartbreak thing. It's very open and honest. And uh, on the vocal on this track, Kevin obsessed with it, and apparently, well, according to him, so it probably is true. He did over 1,057 partial vocal takes for this. Or it might have been that number for another song. He couldn't quite remember on the interview. But let's just say it was for this one for the sake of argument. And Dan, there is a notable cover of this track, uh, isn't there? Yes, there is. So at Kevin's own request, Haim were asked to remix this song. And they weren't sure how to remix. So instead, they did their own interpretation of it. So if we're lucky... Let's hear a little bit of Haim's version of Cause I'm a Man. Oh, 
Dan, I love that. I love uh, the vocals there. I have to say, it is. It's very, very dreamy reworking, very dreamy production. But there was just a part of me hoping for because obviously a few weeks ago we talked about Carly Rae Jepsen and how Haim co-wrote uh, "Making the Most of the Night," and that was my favorite song on the album. So I was hoping for that kind of vibe and a bit more of a bop. Uh, maybe just you know the song and the lyric didn't lend itself to that. But uh, this still is a great reworking, and of the the idea that whatever way you spin the lyrics it's called because i'm a man the fact that you've got this incredible three-piece uh girl band not a girl band but you know girl group uh performing it i quite like track number 11 now uh and this is a cover of that brilliant new order uh england football song world in motion Will, that was actually reality in motion. Well, I was wondering why John Barnes didn't come in with his famous rap, uh, and I would explain why. Um, Although I was sure Kevin is a big fan of New Order, like ourselves. I was going to say, who's Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) We need to talk about Kevin. Uh, Dan, what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Uh, and it really is fantastic. Uh, and like all the entire album and single campaign, this is uh, created by Kentucky-based musician and artist Robert Beatty, uh, based on a vortex shredding. Um, and I just love the colour and the design, actually, because you've got a kind of silver ball and this kind of vortexy wavy form kind of manipulating around it with a streak of red and pink and then into orange uh, coming down through. And the previously mentioned testicles uh, for the single artwork uh, for the previous track uh, is in a very similar theme with slightly different colours. And the Haim remix artwork uh, is a lovely deep purple, but in the same theme. It's really nice. It is really nice. I knew you would love this artwork, so I was very excited to... Sometimes I'm excited to hear you talk about artwork because, uh, you know, it's quite uh, erotic or uh, or um, noteworthy. But with this one, I just knew that it'd be right up your street with the colours and the, and the patterns. Because uh, you've got underpants that are, well, just like this, aren't they? No. Uh, apart from the shredding is at the back on yours, isn't it? I'd love some underwear with this design on there. It'd be really... Um, this kind of like funky psychedelia is a great kind of design trend that's very much a now trend. Mm. But on the song itself, uh, I, I quite like this one. I think I think probably actually might have been my uh, artwork choice as well. But a lot of people, again, like with Disciples, felt this harked back to some of the earlier sounds and the more psychedelic 60s, maybe even Beatles or John Lennon influenced sounds. And I like that the production on this one almost feels very kind of very warm, very layered. Like it's uh, lots of duvets and blankets on top of each other. Oh, lovely. Mm, not for now, though. Too hot for that. No, now. no, it's baking, baking hot today. Um, so track number 12 now. And Dan, this is, I think, reminds me of an ex-relationship uh, you were in. Uh, Love slash paranoia. <laughs> No one, what's really going on? 
So that was Love Paranoia there. And I think just very hypnotic uh, synths and tones going through that. The kind of do very dreamy love-like feel, but with a kind of slightly twisted paranoia creeping through it. So it does what it says on the tin. Which is wonderful. And I think the guitar work, I love that, how you said that about that twisting paranoia. And I think the guitar at the end is fantastic. And maybe that brings in some of that because the rest of it, like you said, it's very atmospheric it's again the sync the synths are quite twinkly it's quite soundtrack like almost in parts um and then lyrically so 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 heavy and heartbreaking and this whole idea that he doesn't trust his partner but he's not sure if it's actually just him and it's his own paranoia and uh you know as i said earlier on i've heard these songs many times and never sat down to listen to the lyrics and listen to them it is it's uh i think i'm gonna have to listen to a steps album after this or something will just to pick myself up <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Tracy Shaw. Oh, that'd be. Has she got an album? Was it just singles? No, just a couple of. She had a pair of hits. Uh, be- before moving on to this one, will what do you, what do you prefer, love or paranoia? Uh, well, love, of course. And I'm. You're going to find it one day, lovey. You are. I know you are. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. Twisted, creeping, twisted paranoia is also uh, us preparing to record a podcast episode. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going through your phone. When, when we're recording together, I'm always... You pop off the loo for 10, 15 minutes and I'm having a good look through. Just be careful. You don't know what you'll uh, pop up one day. So, track number 13. This is the last track on the album proper. This is New Person, Same Old Mistakes. So that was new person, same old mistakes. And we're not petering out again, are we, Will? It's, I think for me, it could just do with a bit more oomph behind it. Okay. I mean, it's definitely a chilled ending and it is, it feels like a new sound as well, a new person, but new sound. It's got more of a R&B thing going on with the bass and the, and the groove. But I like how it still has that echo guitar and the distorted vocal, which is obviously very uh, iconic to the Tame Impala sound. So this one was also recorded by Rihanna just a few months after Currents was released and featured on her 2016 album Anti, although slightly retitled as just Same Old Mistakes. Uh, and if we're lucky, Will, maybe we could hear a little bit of that now. Yeah, let's have a bit. Feel like a brand new
very similar, Dan. Yes. So actually, it's worth noting that musically... Musically... Uh, this was still Kevin Parker's creation, and that, that didn't alter for Rihanna's reworking. It was just her vocal that was produced by someone else. Um, but I really like it, because I think even with the original music, um, or Kevin's produced music, Rihanna's vocal does give it another spin. Uh, just a mention for the album performance as well. Uh, and it was uh, very, very positively received. Uh, NME gave it 8 out of 10. Q gave it 4 out of 5. Rolling Stone gave it 4 out of 5. And The Guardian gave it 5 out of 5. Wow. So uh, well well done them. Mm. And I think it's, it stood up well as well. It's five years later, of course. And uh, I think it still sounds very fresh. Absolutely. You know, there are a lot of the sounds in these tracks that we've talked about today. There are elements of dance tracks uh, around right now. Yeah. So that's the end of the album proper. But as always, we've got some further listening up our sleeve. And Will, I would love to invite you to go first. But before you do, of course, let me set out the very strict guidelines and parameters I have for you. So we are sticking to b-sides and remixes from this era because in 2017 a collector's edition of currents was released uh, sorry in november 2017 for any uh, sticklers out there uh, which included b-sides and remixes from this project and dan i'm going to go with a remix for the wonderful let it happen this is the soul wax remix I love that. I think if I'm honest, Dan, that's probably more of my cup of tea than uh, the album version. Oh, really? That's well. I, I I can see why you love this one. I do love it as myself. But for me, the album version would win. I mean, they're both brilliant, but I love the the funky beats and guitars in this. Uh, really get your get your hips moving and your shoulders bobbing. Oh, careful though, lovey! Don't put anything out before the holiday. <laughs> I'm not taking. Absolutely, I'm not, not picking you up and taking you in and out that pool. Oh, no. We could get one of those mechanical hoists that they use in hospitals for elderly people in the bath. Oh, getting whales out at SeaWorld and putting them back in. Now, now steady on. (laughs) Steady on. I do love a Soul Wax remix, though, and particularly their version of MGMT's Kids stands out for me as something just monumental. Uh, And also they did Hot Chips, uh, Hirachi Lights, which that fusion of Hot Chip and Soul Wax, what a... What a dream combination. I think they just, they take an amazing track like Let It Happen or Kids or Hurtful Lights and then just take it, lift it, and they just take it to another level. And I'm not talking about the boy band, another level there, of course. Although a Solwax reworking of Freak Me, or no, Bomb, Bomb Diggy, I'd be interested. Dan, what have you gone for? So I have gone for one of the B-sides and it's the first song on the uh, B-side remix collection. This is... List of people to try and forget about.
So, Will, of course, the real reason I chose this song is because I wanted to ask you the question. <laughs> I know where this is going. Do you have a list of people to try and forget about? And am I on it? Uh, Dan, I would, I would, I would try and make a a thinly veiled joke and dig at your expense, but of course you're not on it. Best friends um, for life. Yes, exactly. And I think what we should do is compare our lists and see who we could jointly uh, really try hard to forget about. Mm. Certainly, a few. Uh, I'm sure there's a few would agree on there. I have no doubt. Let, I won't say them now. I'm not. No, I'm God. No, sorry, listeners, if you're expecting some tea. Um, <laughs> But it's just sparkling water today. Absolutely. Well, in a in a flute. Yes. Uh, but I do love this song. I love the opening. It's very sparse. There's those very fuzzy synths and it just builds. Uh, and particularly great drum breaks on this one. What do you think of the track, Will? I do like it. It's quite, uh, very actually, very atmospheric. Uh, but I think I like it more for the uh, amusing... Uh, conversation about the title than anything else. <laughs> I mean, it is, I would say it's definitely a B-side and we love a B-side, so that's no criticism as ever. We're out of time. Oh. So that was a trip through Tame Impala's Currents. Um, and Dan, I think I've definitely grown a little today. <laughs> I did spot it though in those short shorts you insist on wearing for our <laughs> FaceTime calls. Uh, my hair's certainly grown. It's almost like it's been three weeks since we uh, since we started recording. Are you insinuating that there's a technical glitch and we had to record half the episode weeks later? What what's? I no no not for me to reveal anything uh, from behind the scenes if it is. But no. anyway, uh, if you've enjoyed uh, talking us talking about Tame Impala uh, and are a big fan yourself, we'd love to hear your, what your thoughts are at Track by Track UK. Yes, and do please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Yes, so next week we are talking about a five-piece British girl band and one that we never talked about before. Ah, so it's not the Spice Girls. It's not Girls Allowed. Um, Interesting. Mm. Not sure how I feel about that. Well, there's... uh... Well, wait and see. Uh, and don't forget, we're going to be back on Saturday as well with our new music drop, talking about new, great new music that we love, that we think you'd love, and it's been recommended to us by you and the artists themselves. So, until next time, I've been Trevor. And I've been Heather. Goodbye. Goodbye. Chew it, Soros! He likes to chew it!